This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. morning, Harbor family. So good to be with you again. First of all, I want to just give a huge shout out to all the graduates. You know, you are the 9-11 generation, really, that, that came out of that whole season in our nation's history. And here you are coming of age, graduating high school, undergrad, graduate programs in this time. And I just want to say, well done. We're proud of you. There is an amazing mark of God's destiny over your lives, these specific graduates this year in 2020. And we just stand with you, pray for you, and just cheer you on as you enter into this next season of life. Now, as we jump into the word of the Lord today, I just want to qualify a couple of things because this is a very unique message in relationship to our journey as a spiritual family known as the Harbor Church. And so today I am, I am speaking to our spiritual family. I, we, I know we have many people that join in from around the nation, from around the world, um, different places. People just, you know, see us on, you know, YouTube or Facebook and, and tune in for a little bit or for the entirety of the message. But this is specifically speaking to our Harbor family. And so contextually, how I'm communicating is to believers specifically. So you may not know Jesus, and that's totally well and fine, but I am going to be speaking um, contextually to our family and to people who know Jesus. So that's the lens in which you're going to have to receive um, what I'm communicating or what I'm hoping to communicate to you um, this morning, because today is a very important day for us in the life of the journey of our church. We're, we're entering into a new season, and a new season that, that has come on the heels of all that's been happening in our nation in regard to race and, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that's been transpiring in those spaces. And so I'm going to be coming to you raw and from my heart today as we look into this message that's the same title as the conversation that we had on Wednesday night called A Way Forward because we are beginning a new sermon series called New Beginnings. And I believe that truly this is a moment in the history of our church Um, a new beginning for us, a new beginning for what God has for the people of God, a new beginning really for our nation if we could embrace it. So we're going to be looking into um, how the wisdom of God positions us to effectively steward His promises. I want to say that again so that you understand where we're going this morning. How the wisdom of God, which we so desperately need, is able to effectively position us, to to effectively steward His promises. Now, flash back with me for just a minute on Friday the 13th of March. Little did any of us see this coming, but our worlds were going to be turned upside down. A mandatory stay-at-home order was issued in South Florida, 
in order to quell the spread of, of this coronavirus that was, that was being um, you know, co- contracted via person-to-person contact, and there was concerns about overtaxing our healthcare system, as had happened in New York and other nations previous to that. And so Harbor continued to minister as a body, but we... We did this via worship and equipping through online gatherings and, and social media and Zoom small groups and, and connects that were happening over, you know, digital spaces. And it was, it was a profound time. I mean, God blessed our time. In fact, we experienced, you know, to my surprise, a major uptick in engagement of, of our ministry as, as a house, um, especially from individuals outside of the harbor community. We had so much engagement from partners that were a part of the harbor, but an uptick in ministry engagement from people outside, especially the majority of those being people who didn't know Jesus Christ. And the, the profound thing is this was a phenomenon that wasn't just happening with us, but it was happening uh, in our nation and actually around the world. In fact, locally in the South Florida context, I, 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 I found this data that Google searches in South Florida concerning spiritual questions about God were up 470%. So a massive movement in the hearts of people saying, who is God? Where can I find Him? What are the local churches in the area that are preaching about this this man named Jesus? 470%. And what I want to just remind us of is that through the efforts of the Harbor Digital Team and, 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 and the supernatural provision of God, we were positioned... To, to, to ride this wave, which is just incredible to me that, that God was so good that He, he turned what was, what was going to maybe just be for our bad and for everybody else's bad. He, he turned it for the good and we were in a position to ride this wave. Now the other reality is that amidst the beautiful things that, that were happening with the Lord, uh, you know, we were also very aware that people were hurting. I mean, people have lost loved ones. People have experienced financial hardship through the loss of a job. That hit close to home for us as Wendy lost her position. Uh, people have felt disconnected and anxious and confused in this time. You know, families have been overburdened trying to juggle everything else they had going on. Yet now in this completely new environment. And... If things couldn't have gotten any more intense, I want you to just think about this with me. When our nation was completely shut down, we couldn't move. Our eyes often have been just glued to our phones, to social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the television sets, you name it. The entire nation and really even the entire world, witnessed the brutal and unjust murders of Ahmed Arbery and George Floyd. Information also came out about what tr- took place with Breonna Taylor. And I, I, I want to just say this, because I, I feel very sobered by this. These things could have just remained hidden were it not for the video footage capturing these horrendous events now the pain and this is this is what i see as clear as i've ever seen the pain resident already 
in the hearts of African Americans living in this nation erupted to the surface. You see, these experiences that we witnessed over COVID-19 were not a new experience for the African Americans living in this nation, but I believe they were a tipping point, what I call a necessary ending, where life, the way that it's been, just couldn't continue as is. As I've had conversations with many in our community, people of color, people of African American descent, Caribbean descent, It's like, I I can't go on with life in the way that it's been. The beautiful thing is in the midst of this tremendous pain and this, what I believe to be maybe one of the most profound moments in the the history of our nation, really in in the history of the church, because we're going to have to lead here, because we've got to look at this through a gospel perspective that we could see God do something in our land like He's never done before around these things. What I want to put before us today, and I'm just laying foundation here before we get into the wisdom to steward the promises of God this is the stuff we're going to have to walk through. And if it's our moment to give voice to this space and be an example as the church to the world, we can't continue to allow any buried emotion to remain in our hearts. I, I, I believe there's, there's been buried emotion in our hearts that, you know, as it's erupting on the scene, I'm actually encouraged by that because God says that anything and everything that can be shaken will be shaken and that which will remain will be of the Lord. So if there's a shaking that was necessary to bring forth things to the surface, we should embrace this moment as difficult as it may be. The other thing is, is, is if Christians are unable to have civil Christ-like conversations, or better yet, just be able to sit and listen to our brother or sister without triggering, without becoming offended where we can't even continue the conversation, how in the world are we going to be an example to others who are completely lost in this moment? I know there's some even difficult things happening right now, you know, out of these peaceful riots or maybe some looting and rioting, you know, looting taking place. And obviously none of us here at the harbor want to see that. We're here to build up a city as we spoke about in our, in our conversation of the night on the way forward. But what, why should we be surprised at these kind of things or brokenness or darkness that are coming into these spaces? It, it, it's it's people, that are, people are lost. And we have to be an example of what it looks like to be able to listen, to be able to have a healthy conversation. I tweeted this out. I, I said believers should be the most passionate people on the planet, however, we must be mindful that even in the purest of rivers, they can become muddied by passion fueled by offense, and no one can be made clean from that water. Wendy and I have been here 18 years, and for 18 years we have preached about the unoffendable heart, 
And we need to listen to this message from the Lord. This is not my message. This is the message of Jesus. He was telling His disciples at the onset of the ministry, as they're talking about having great impact in the world, and He, he calls over this little child to Himself, and He tells His, his future apostles, He said, listen, if you're going to shape the world, you need to become like this little child. Not childish, but childlike, where you remain in innocence of heart. Now, these were grown men who had experienced atrocity under the, the, the injustice of the Roman Empire. They were, they were castaways. They were misfits. They were, they were nobodies. And, and yet Jesus was calling them to Himself. And He said, listen, if you're going to be great, you need to return. Literally, the Greek language there. Go look it up. It says, return to the place of innocence. You need to remain undefendable. Carry wisdom. Carry understanding. Not be childish, but remain unoffendable. Because if you don't, he said, you can't even enter in. You can't even begin to be in the place of God's kingdom where His, His rule, His power that's going to bring change, that's going to bring real transformation, could even come to the world. We're not like the rest of the world. We, we don't behave like the rest of the world. We don't react in these circumstances the way the rest of the world does because we carry Christ. On the onset of COVID-19, Wendy and I were feeling clearly from the Father that we needed to just get back to the basics again. We'd lost our way. And I'm saying that generally over my own heart, over the church at large, the big C body of Christ, where we simply need to love God, love others as we love ourselves. And if any of those things were off, we needed to turn inward, not in some self-condemning, judgmental, shameful way, but just look on the inside and say, God, if there's anything in me that you need to change, come and change it. God, come and turn in me. That's the only thing we can control. We can't control everybody else. We can control the actions of others. We can control the criticisms of other people or, or their, their treatment of us or our, you know, any of those things. All we can control is ourself. It was an opportunity, I believe, this season and still is for a reset in our hearts because I believe the greatest harvest that's needed in the earth right now is the harvest of the church where we actually become like Christ. I mean, they spoke of the early Christians in Antioch and they called them Christians for this first time, which is we've totally lost the meaning of that word. word. It literally meant little Christ or little Jesus. That was the only way they were able to describe these ones. They said they look just like Jesus. So I think my question is, are we really willing to go there with the Lord? There's many layers to all that's going on. There's no simple answer. No quick fix. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take being humble and teachable. But if we don't do it, what are we doing? If we don't go there, why? What's the point of all of this? God wants to position us in His wisdom, so we can effectively steward His promises. Let's look at wisdom quickly. Wisdom personified is this. It walks by faith in hope with love. If we're looking at the church, if we're looking at our lives, 
Wisdom should be what marks us, and it's where we walk by faith, in hope, with the love of God. And the Bible says that the fear or awe of God is the beginning of wisdom. So here's my question. What does it look like to walk in the awe of God? Because this is an important question to answer. If that's where the beginning of wisdom is found, if that's how we tiptoe into this space, we need to know what it looks like. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says in verses 1 through 3, we're not going to put those up, but he says, if I didn't have love, despite all of my gifting, my knowledge, my zealous sacrifice. He said, I wouldn't add any value or bring any gain to what God is wanting to do in the earth. Now we need to hear that again. If we don't have love, your gifting, your zeal, your knowledge, your sacrifice, none of it brings any eternal effect onto the earth. We think about like the early disciples, you know, they're, they're like, should we call fire down from heaven? And Jesus is like, you, you, you're of a different spirit. You're not aligned with my heart. You're not even walking in the essence of who I am. How are you going to bring any change with, with your mode of operation? And so he continues to find what love looks like. And I want you to see this in verse 4. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous boastful or proud or rude verse 5 it does not demand its own way it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged verse 6 it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices when the truth wins out verse 7 love never gives up love never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance this is why faith hope and love are eternal they will last forever they're what matter at the end of the day so possessing the awe of god who is love personified who is truth personified is the beginning of wisdom this is where it is at but to actually manifest this wisdom as we're tiptoeing into space, we must grow, we must become mature. Paul says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But look what he says. He said, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now I see things imperfectly, verse 12, like puzzling reflections in the mirror. But then when I mature, I will see everything with perfect clarity. Here is 2020 vision. This is our way forward. We must grow into God. We must grow into the likeness of Christ, which by the way, we already carry on the inside of our frame in perfection. We received it all at that point when we said, Jesus is Lord of my life. In an immature state, we see things imperfectly, imperfectly. But when we grow up into mature relational connection with Jesus, we will see everything with perfect clarity. Growth is painful. I remember when I was going from my freshman year to my sophomore year in, in high school, and I grew from 5'9 to 6'1, my whole body ached every single day. It hurt because there was so much change happening on the inside of me. But having the foundation of wisdom is the only thing that positions us to be able to steward His promises. Quickly, I want to look at this whole promise thing because you've got to know where we're going here. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3-11. through 11, 
Paul is giving praise and blessing to God who, who, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, he says in verse 3. Because of the heavenly realms, we, in, uh, in the heavenly realms, we are united with Christ. We're one with Him, which means we're one with each other as well. And he says, even before we made the world, God loved us and, and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his, it realized, in other words, uh, in his eyes. In other words, becoming the real us, the, the real person that he intended us all to, all to be. And God decided, verse 5, to adopt us into his own family. It, it's the togetherness. We're going somewhere together. It's not individuality. It's a family. All races, every tongue, tribe, and nation. Every ethnos, every single people group of value, of beauty. There's no longer any Jew, Greek, male or female, slave or free. In Christ, we all have value. We all have purpose. We all are designed to move forward together. And so he says in verse 6, so we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us. We have what we need to do this. We are the only ones, actually. The world doesn't have it. Verse 7, He's so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom. Wholeness, there it is. Wholeness. Whole hearts. We don't have to remain broken. With the blood of His Son who forgave our sins. Verse 7, He showered us with kindness along with wisdom, all wisdom and revelation. Verse 9, God has revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. Now check this out. I'm ending with this. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Not under the authority of some political party. Not under the authority of some secular leader. Not under the authority of some church pastor. Under the authority of Jesus. As the ecclesia becomes who we're always, the Imago Dei, who we're always intended to be, this pure and spotless bride that manifests wisdom so that we can walk in this very promise. We reflect Christ. We reflect the essence of Jesus. The essence of God who is love. Back to the basics. What does that look like for us as I close? Well, it's prayer. Number one, we're going to give ourselves in this next season over these summer months to the place of prayer. You witnessed a taste of that last Sunday on Pentecost Sunday with worship and intercession where we ministered to the Lord together through what we call the furnace. That's number one. Because people are asking me, Darren, what's happening? Where are we going? Well, we're going to go into the place of prayer. Number two, service. We're calling all laborers to assemble under the vision of Christ to manifest greatness in the earth by becoming a servant of all. Which includes ministering to the needs of this region, which part of that is, is to help us in this, in this wineskin of equipping those that, 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 have, that, that need to be poured into and all this is taking place through Harbor Serve. So if you haven't already, we have to reassemble. We've been in so many ways not, you know, feeling this disconnection in this COVID time. It's time to come back together and say, hey, I'm in. I'm willing. I'm able to be a part of this family. I'm, I'm going together into this glorious future by serving Jesus. 
with my time, my talents, my financial resources. I'm committed. I'm in. I'm all in. That's number two. Number three, we're going to have times of celebration together. Gathering as a spiritual family on first Sundays to celebrate what Christ is doing in our midst. The assembling of the saints. But it's going to flow out of these other two places. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with one another. Love for our community. And then as we come together, we'll truly be able to celebrate what God is up to. Not just have another church service. And lastly, community with each other and growth as disciples. You know, we've been in our homes and, you know, many people around the world have been act- impacted by Harbor at Home, I-, I call it, where there's connection with the Word of God, there's conversation with our families, maybe some others that may be gathering with us in our, in our, our, our spaces, in our houses, ministry to one another, neighbors maybe, around a table. We're going to continue to move forward with this. Now, as I wrap this up, this is very, very important. Please don't disconnect here. I need everybody to hear this because I want to be clear in my communication on where we've been. As you can imagine, as we gave ourselves to seeking Jesus at the initial part of the month of May to put plans together, all the logistics associated with moving forward into this next season, for us going together, together, you know, we talk about this a lot. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. That's our culture here. We want to go far. We're not interested in just going fast. Thus, we need three things. We need your prayers. We need your patience. And we need your participation. Because this is what we're entering into right now at the moment. So one major challenge that we're facing that I wanted to make you aware of, that we've been facing that I couldn't communicate to you up to this point is regarding logistics for the use of our ministry center in Pompano for in-person gatherings. Now, obviously, every church, every individual congregation, every denomination is navigating the COVID moment as best they know how to navigate it. But the Methodist denomination, which is the owner of this campus, has decided to remain closed up until minimally June 15th and quite potentially a lot longer or some degree longer. And so they stated, and I'm reading from the statement that they sent us, that all Methodist churches in Florida remain closed through June 15th. Therefore, any of our tenants must remain closed as well. We will not open until we can be sure that our precautions can ensure the safety of COVID-19, which, by the way, I so respect. But we're looking into what needs to happen and what measures we need to take for this to happen. And they end by saying we do not have a date in mind at this point. So in our planning, in our preparation that we've been in this entire time has been held in flux by this reality. So I'm asking for great prayer, for great patience, and great participation for us to be positioned to move into what God has for us as we go forth into this next season. Because it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. So information is going to be coming to you as soon as we can get it on what and when and where and how the furnace is going to be happening, the service opportunities that will be taking place, our celebrations on first Sundays, the, the harbor at home 
tweaks that we're going to be making with all of that. It's going to be coming to you soon. Information coming to you soon. As we go back into worship, I've gone a little bit long today and I apologize, but I, I needed to get this out to you from my, my heart, my, the sincerity of my heart as your pastor, as one of many leaders here in this congregation. But I believe, and, I, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, I believe we are living in a profound moment in the life of our church, a profound moment in the history of our region and the history of our nation. We asked for revival. God is giving us an opportunity for revival. Will we respond like Christ or will we respond like the world? I say like Christ. It's the mark on our community. We've always been an example from the very beginning because Jesus has a hope of what he's doing through this body. So Harbor family, I want you to quiet your heart. And Lord, as we go back into worship, I am asking you to encounter us with your awe, with your wonder, with the glorious wisdom of the Lord. Please, Jesus, come and meet with us today. Not only today, but tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. And may we continually grow in this process of becoming like your son, the essence of what we carry on the inside, Christ in us, the hope of glory for the world, so that we can steward your promises, oh God, come and have your way in our midst. We love you, Jesus.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.